Quantum physics teaches us that the external world we experience with our senses is a reflection of our inner world. Meaning that if we don't like the way where our life is going, our relationships or whatever, instead of trying to, in the outer world, change that, maybe, just maybe the answer is to go within, slow down, to soften, to check in what's going on on the inside, get your inner landscape in order in homeostasis, and from there, outwardly express. So to me, what really came down to was anyone's mission, purpose, or dharma is all about self-love. Anything more than that is contributing to the mess. Hey everybody, welcome to the Mental Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Lobos. Today we've got a really exciting episode, super powerful, super packed with information. I'm gonna tell you a couple things. One, I'm gonna tell you about the guest. Two, I'm gonna tell you all the things we're gonna talk about and we're gonna get right into it. So my guest today is is Sam Kabert and Sam has a insanely impressive resume for being only 34 years old. I'm gonna read you his bio because it, it needs that, right? It does it justice. So Sam Kabert is a successful serial entrepreneur turned spiritual seeker and keynote speaker. He's known for his ability to put together teams and ex execute his vision. He's the author of the number one best-selling book, Soul Life Balance, founder of Swagworks and Clone Yourself University, and he hosts Soul Seeker Podcast. Now, despite all of Sam's ventures and business success and being recognized as Silicon Valley's 40 under 40, that's a big deal. At 31 years old and a rising star, he soon recognized that something was missing. Sam realized that despite his success, he was unhappy, and that understanding catapulted him on his exploration of life's purpose. So we're going to have an incredible conversation. He is on a mission to bridge the gap between the way we conduct ourselves in business, mindful practices, how we communicate with everyone, especially ourselves, all through prioritizing psychological safety and mental health first, right? So we're going to talk a lot about mental and emotional health. So now he's bridging the gap between that business and personal that we talk about in the mental purpose world. So before we get started, let me tell you all the things that we're gonna discuss today so you know you're in the right place and you should invest this hour. Okay, we're gonna talk about life balance between business and personal. We're gonna talk about energy balance between masculine and feminine. We're gonna talk about a little bit about plant medicine, just a little bit, just a tad bit. We're gonna talk about habits that don't serve and how to move them off and how to adopt habits that do serve you without worrying what people think about you or even you know, how you're going to look to the world. We're going to talk about pushing out of your comfort zone, making time to just observe the world around you. We're going to talk about the uh, soul and life evaluation, making your personal growth just simple. We're going to talk about being instead of doing and going through your morning routine as a being instead of a doing and really finding out what serves you best. We're going to talk about, obviously, purpose, and the goal in life may be to find your purpose. And when you do, and you are fully aligned, man, your, your life actually just opens up at that point and life may be completely different for you. I know it was for me, I know it was for Sam. We're gonna talk about self-love, self-care, doing the inner work. We're gonna talk about quantum physics and how that, that plays in integrating back into the world after an illuminating experience, right? A plant medicine ceremony, a really great seminar, a really great podcast, a really great whatever it might be, something that blew your mind, changed some of your wiring and this is the chemical balance in your body and coming back in and integrating back into the world and how to do that in a really purposeful manner. Being more to do more, doing too much and understanding what serves you best, sustainability, putting yourself first, working on versus working in the business, slowing down again, money being your identity and, and so much more. And it's and it just, it's such a great flow of, of a conversation. I absolutely love conversations like this because they're effortless. When you talk to a person that's truly aligned, you know, truly tapped in, not Instagram aligned, not they're doing it for their social media feed, really somebody that has the integrity behind the commitment to tap into that authentic self, to really discover and reveal that guy, and then align with that purpose, that is what mental purpose does, man. That is what this entire organization is about. For those of you that are involved, you know. For those of you that aren't involved, here's how you can get involved. Mentalpurpose.net, our coaching, our podcast, our community, our courses, our retreats, everything's on there. Our mastermind is wide open right now. And I created it so that it's not cohort based. You can join at any time. And I doubled the amount 
of group coaching calls weekly. So now there's even more value because I am committed to this journey. I want and encourage you to find who you really are and why you're really here. Align with that and live that and see what life looks like after that. And I'm empowering men, right? This is what we're doing here. Empowering men to free themselves of internal restriction and constraint that they are allowing to hold them back. And when they get free of that, which is they're doing through our stuff, right? Through our curriculum, through our exercises, when they free themselves of that internal restriction and constraint, they can actually live the most authentic, fulfilling and regret-free life possible. That's freaking amazing. That is freaking amazing. Look, we appreciate all of you. Hit mentalpurpose.net up. There's a ton of free stuff on there. Link to join our community. Link for the podcast. Download it. Subscribe. Leave a rating and review. We love you. We appreciate you. Enjoy the episode. All right, Sam, dude, I am, man, I'm so excited to talk with you and just, I, I, I love these kind of conversations that we're about to have. I don't know what it's going to be. I just know it's going to be good and the audience is going to benefit. So um, I was telling you before we started recording, when your one sheet came over to me, it was exciting because it's everything I like to talk about. It's everything that our guys need to hear and want to hear. And I know that you'll be able to provide some direction on, all right, well, what do I do with this information? So I listened to this podcast. I heard this guy talking. Now, what do I do? And that's where we're going to go, man. So let's start off with your story because you've you accomplished a lot at a young age and then yeah. something happens. So let's let's go through your story. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much, first off, Ian, for having me on the podcast. I'm really big into men's work right now. So your mission really aligns with me. But it, the short version of my story as it is now is I'm 34 years old and I launched my first business in college at age 22. I was in my final semester and I'm not going to get into all the specifics of that because it'll take too much time away. But I really got this chip on my shoulder through getting a DUI less than 12 months before that. And before that, I was a college student at Chico State. Some people know it if you live in California or the West Coast, but in terms of like nationwide notoriety, it's not a big school. It's a small D2 school in a college town. And, you know, back in the 90s, it used to be uh, Playboy's number one party school. Not yeah. anymore, but even when I was there, major party school, you know, everything you could ever want in the college experience. I was in the top frat, I repped monster energy drinks, um, a few other brands I repped. And we lived above the most popular bar in town, like literally lived above it. So definitely got the whole college experience, you know, and then I had gotten this DUI and it was earth shattering. And I thought my life was over. And that was like really one of the big first pivotal moments in my life, especially in my career. And that's when I decided that I wanted to make something of myself. I didn't want to be another statistic. I didn't want to be someone who got a first DUI, then a second, and then yeah. more, and then their life just crumbles. And, you know, th that's really where the chip on the shoulder developed. And the time I was reading a book called Think and Grow Rich, it's my favorite book by Napoleon Hill back in, he wrote it back in 1937. And these days, so many people are talking about masterminds, but they don't necessarily know that Napoleon Hill was kind of the guy that coined the term mastermind yeah. back in 1937. And it's the ultimate like business book, in my opinion, or even life book, because it's about so much more than just rich, you know, as in money, it's riches in chocolate. I say it's yeah. like think and grow meaningful life as opposed to just money. Um, that said, I had my sights on the money, you know, and I was very much uh, wanting to build a big business and my company, eventually I rebranded the first company to Swagworks in 2018 or so. And what we do is we sell branded merchandise. We sell swag, right? Very simple. And I built out this brand, Swag Sam. Uh, it was my personal brand. And I did that through podcasts. I had very, a few different podcasts. The first podcast was called What Up Silicon Valley because I was living in Silicon Valley at the time. And it was like an interview show, interviewing movers and shakers. We ended up uh, restructuring the podcast to be a media network. And then from there, we had five different shows on the network. We did monthly young professionals events and an annual event at eBay's headquarters called Pitch Tank. It was an 
entrepreneur um, Shark Tank style event, if you will. So did all that. And then through that, we became partners with, you know, a few different legit clubs locally that I can say your listeners, but they might not know, but they're like really good uh, business networking clubs. I end up being named Silicon Valley's 40 under 40 list in 2019. And I was 31 years old at the time. That was around May. And in February of 2019, I was going through this numbing depression. And like a lot of these stories, it starts with uh, a relationship. So there's a girl involved and we're on and off for four years, the whole thing. And then, you know, kind of just off. And that was part of what sent me to this numbing depression. But a bigger part of that was just not knowing who I was anymore and just getting lost in chasing success. It really felt like I was chasing success. I had heard about ayahuasca a year previously and it came back into my being and I've obviously, not obviously, but I've done a lot of mushrooms in my day before that, but I'd never done like a intentional medicine ceremony. It was always recreational use with psychedelics as opposed to ceremonial use with plant medicine. And I could just feel it in my soul that I was being called to this thing. And the people actually offered uh, breathwork journeys, just you and your breath for 60 and 90 minutes. And I did a breathwork journey with them and I literally felt reborn. I can speak a lot about that. And then I end up going to the ayahuasca ceremony and it just showed me everything. Right. And from there, I was just like, just so thirsty on the spiritual journey. I went down the rabbit hole with blinders on. I changed a lot of my friends, uh, my friends, relationships, uh, the content I was consuming, everything, whether it was podcasts or watching TV or uh, conversations, uh, wherever my energy was going, it was all centered around soul development. So I did that for the past, uh, that was mid 2019. And I mean, I still am doing that, but it kind of culminated last December in feeling called to go to yoga teacher training. And I didn't know why, like feeling called, that's not like language I would use before for a while. I'd call myself a recovering bro, you know, just jokingly. (laughs) But the truth is like, I went through this whole journey of learning to work with my intuition, also having discernment and knowing the difference if it's uh, intuition or the ego coming through. And there are just all these synchronicities lining up for me to go do this yoga teacher training in Nassara in Costa Rica. And I ended up saying, yes, I didn't know why I, I could never have seen myself as a yoga teacher, but I did the thing. I end up um, within a few days being like, I want to teach yoga. I want to lead men's groups. And I came back around Christmas of last year, 2021. And ever since I came back, I've been teaching yoga, facilitating men's groups. I just went through a breathwork facilitator uh, training course. I'm speaking on stages about uh, the message of soul life balance with my fourth book being published this year with the name being soul life balance subtitle is a guide to igniting and integrating spiritual awakenings. So that's just like quick overview of what's been going on in my career in the past what has it been 12 years or so and really some highlights from the past three dude you know i think one of the most important things we've got to touch on there and i think look audience read read sam's bio i'll go over it in the intro the, the, sam downplayed a lot of that a lot of the successes so uh not downplayed just they weren't included um and i say that because there's so many men out there myself included you included who are chasing that money right sight set on the money did the money for you make your identity, make your value to the world? Is that where you were thinking or was it something else? Yeah, you're right. The money was what my identity was. And, you know, we had, a, I had a lot of fights with my ex, the woman I was seeing, uh, the toxic relationships and uh, with her the off and on. And I remember, not vividly, but I remember now that you're asking the question, I used to tell her like, hey, my first priority is my business. My second uh, priority is this puppy I just got, right? right? And <laughs> you're my third priority. Like, can you imagine saying that to someone? Like, that is, that is not nice. Yeah, <laughs> no, all. I can't imagine. I've said it before. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the thing. Like, it's not very kind. And I pretty much say it matter of fact. I think multiple times like that, I can laugh about it now. But like, the interesting part about it is it's also speaking your truth, being like, yeah. hey, this is where I'm at. And 
I totally respect uh, people that are chasing success, chasing the dollar in hustle culture. I get it all. It's just, it's not for me anymore. And I think there's a better way that we can move forward and be working in our business to build something and focused on making money and having a great life, but also feeding our soul. And that's through this practice of soul life balance, where we put ourselves first while simultaneously reframing work to being a part of the human experience. Because at the end of the day, as you kind of alluded to, Ian, like if you make all this money and you have all this success, but you don't know who you are and you aren't connected within, then you're not going to feel good. And I, I believe that's why so many CEOs, C-level people, successful people do the thing. Then they get into spirituality because they've reached that top of the mountain, what they thought the mountain was. And they're like, oh shit, like this wasn't exactly the mountain that I want to go down. Like, and you start to do the inner work from there. Yeah, man. It, what's interesting is we talk a lot about legacy here. I was watching a, um, a reel earlier from Prince EA and he was he did this cool reel that was like it was him talking to himself in a in a sauna and and the the one version of him is like counting the money and the guy's like yo so much money look at this man my customers are so dumb look at all this money i've got they're, they they just keep paying me and i don't even know what i'm doing for them I'm just, just keep this money keeps rolling in like and then the other guy you know him says well what are you going to do with all the money he says well i'm building generational wealth hmm. and then and then the the let's call it the angel and the devil like the angel version of him says, what does that even mean? You have kids, you have a family. And he says, yeah, I've got a kid in the family. They come after the business. I'm helping my customers. I'm helping my clients. And I think we tell ourselves that because it makes sense. We're helping our clients. We're helping our customers. We have an obligation to them. Yet we built that business that now has an obligation to these clients. This family, we have an obligation just inherently because we created this family or we, we got married to this person. And when we talk about legacy, we talk about it being something that a lot of people think it's it's assets, it's cash flow for the future for your children. But what about when your children watch you prioritizing business and clients over them? And what about when when your children watch you as a total asshole to your spouse and ignoring your health all for this chase of generational wealth or financial freedom? What happens then? What about the man that you are? What about the model you are to those kids or to the outside world? And that matters a lot. I want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, man. Uh, well said, Ian. I, that totally resonates. And what comes up for me is it's like, what's it all worth if we're conditioning and raising children that have those priorities and we're creating more chaos in the world? Because let's face it, like the world is a chaotic place. You know, there's all we learned in COVID. I think most of us <laughs> at least realized how chaotic the world is just by simply slowing down. And I yeah. think the majority of the world isn't comfortable with slowing down. Um, but for me, like with respect to the devastation the pandemic caused, it was also such a beautiful time where we had this gift to just slow down. And I think a lot of people were able to reconnect with themselves, their families, and their closest relationships, um, even though it would be hard in a lot of different kind of ways. But I just mean the perspective shift. That's all. So that really resonates with me because kind of like you said, if you're just focused on generational wealth and you're putting the business first and that's the type of example you're setting for your kids, then aren't they just going to contribute more to this? And really like I live out the ocean now and I just went paddle boarding yesterday and there's two seals that were just like looking up in the sky. And anytime I run into a seal that's looking up into the sky, cause they do that often, like just, just their heads bobbing out of water and they're just looking up. I'm like, what does the seal think of yeah. like the sky and everything else? Like their, their, their whole world is underwater and it's in the ocean and everything else. And then I start to zoom out and think about different animals and how we're the only animals that are like chasing money and this whole thing yeah. and none of it even matters. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, isn't that because we're, you know, I learned this in landmark a long time ago. Like, isn't that because we're associating meaning with things in the animal kingdom without language doesn't associate meaning. You know what I mean? Whether it's yeah. your personal value or it's the meaning that money brings or the, the meaning of when I have money, I'm at this level and you know, I'm untouchable or I'm better than you or whatever it might be. 
Well, I think there's definitely a lot of materialism that goes on. And as I mentioned before we hit record, I actually just got back from teaching yoga today. And that was my theme kind of a non-attachment and materialism. And I've seen that in myself so much in my awakening journey of how much I outsource my own happiness and brands. Like my favorite brand is Chubby's. Do you know Chubby's? Yeah, the shorts. Yeah. Yeah. I can't get enough of Chubby's and their email marketing is so good that like they're always popping in and I know that I don't need this extra, whatever it is, but yet I still find myself finding like outsourcing to my happiness to materialism. And I think that what the big lesson here is if you're someone that can relate with um, not feeling in alignment with materialism is if you find yourself uh, really buying more than you need, bring that awareness to it. Because the first step is to have that awareness. Most of us are just going to do it, then we're going to feel better, then we're going to go on to the next thing. But how we actually create change is by slowing down, bringing the awareness to the thing. Then from there, we can make a conscious and intentional decision of how we'd like to move forward with whatever it might be. I'm just using the example of materialism. What about slowing down? I want to dig into that for a little bit because I, I, I would say 90% of the guys that I talk to are busy, right? They're busy, busy, busy. They've got metrics in terms of success around money and their business growth. And, they've, and they're thinking, well, I'm advancing, I'm, I'm advancing. Yet on the personal side, so many things are falling down, falling apart in their marriage, in their personal life, their health or whatever it might be, even just mental and emotional health. And slowing down is one of the things that, that, we have to start with, which is, why don't we just slow the pace here? Let's not do as much tomorrow or this week. Let's slow down and let's start to understand what we're running from. Mm-hmm. And in that respect, most people are terrified for that monster that they're running from. They probably don't even know it, like what the monster is. They're terrified to actually let the monster catch up and face it. So they're using all these outside things yeah. to to avoid and distract and escape from. Like, let's talk about slowing down for a second. What what is your reasoning or what is your opinion on why people just, or most men just won't slow down and they have this pace that's just repetitive and dangerous? I, I honestly think it's the conditioning of society where we don't feel enough. And it's kind of this comparisonitis where we look at ourselves to someone else and then we compare to them and then we start to feel even more limited. I think there's a lot of conditioning and programming in society that lends itself to um, a victim mentality for the collective con- consciousness and how that really manifests is like you're saying, where we are so much in our yang energy or the archetypal energy of the masculine, if that resonates, as opposed to the yin energy or the feminine archetypal energy, which yes. is about softening and slowing down. And it's slowing down can mean a lot of different things. It's very, um, it's a broad term. So for i think for men most of us like we want to be macho we want to be the alpha like a lot of like my growing up in circles i've been in like it's a lot of like who's going to be the alpha and it's very yeah i don't want to say toxic but it doesn't it's not always like the best way to lead right and i'll answer this another way so i talk about soul life balance right as a reframe of work life balance well i'm even wearing a yin yang's shirt if people are watching on youtube but it doesn't matter we can all see the yin yang and we all can conceptualize it and most of us know that the yang energy is equated to the masculine archetypal energy which is how we show up what we do in the world right yeah. externally Whereas the yin energy is the archetypal energy of the feminine. And when I say feminine and masculine, I'm not talking about genitalia. We all have the masculine and feminine within us. The feminine is receptivity. It's intuition. It's the inner world. And it's really more about slowing down. So for me, like, I'm just going to be real, right? Like I heard Rogan back in like, I don't know, 2017 or something talking about yoga and how hard yoga is and all this type of stuff. And I used to do yoga in college, but then my friends would make fun of me from outside the window, like at the gym doing yoga. So I stopped doing it. So then when I heard Rogan talking about, it, I was like, oh, I, I should try this yoga thing. Cause R- Rogan gave a metaphorical permission slip for me and other men to do 
something that otherwise might not seem macho, yeah. right? And at the end of the day, it's tools like that that help us to slow down. So I hope that kind of answers your question. And to bring it full circle with soul life balance, soul is equated to the yin and life is equated to the yang because work is yang. We can all agree with that. So the idea is to put that yin energy first to kind of retrain us. And then the second part of this that I kind of heard you ask as well is like, how do you actually get there to be yeah. able to slow down? And to your point earlier, I didn't mention everything I've done and whatnot, but I actually built my first business to a million dollar company while working less than four hours a day. And I did that by shifting from an employee-based business model to a freelancer-based business model. And the name of the game for me as a business owner is to have a well-oiled machine that runs itself without me working in the business. I want to be focused working on the business. So I look at it as like a puzzle of how little, like, how little can I do? I want to do the least amount that I need to do. I want to focus on the stuff that lights me up and the stuff that requires my specific skill set. From there, I end up writing my first book, which was about scaling businesses with virtual assistants, create a coaching company called Clone Yourself, also a podcast, Clone Yourself as well, that teaches entrepreneurs how to scale their business uh, with freelancer teams. And then I end up creating a marketing agency called wizard teams where we just do it for you. So that said, like, I think from a business point of view, we really, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a business owner, the name of the game is to have a well-oiled machine that runs itself. So we should be trying to take things off our plate. Then the second part is, okay, now that we have more free time, like how are we going to spend that time? Hopefully it's not out the bars and just getting drunk and, you know, numbing us with more distractions, right? If you're feeling that whisper, that call to go a little bit deeper than things like yoga, meditation, breath work, uh, sauna, ice bath, all that type of stuff. There's so much more can be really helpful to learn how to actually slow down because if you just free up your time and you're used to a busy lifestyle, you're probably going to fill it doing other things, but slow down. We want to create that space with less things on our calendar. Yeah. And the, and the slowing down is, you know, it's like chicken, the egg. I'm not sure what comes first. Is it slowing down and then put yourself first or is it putting yourself first and then slowing down? Well, I want to, I'm going to dig into mm -hmm. that with you. There's the, um, there's also what you said in there was like the habits that are created. And I talk to a lot of guys who have built companies and they've been working for 20 years and they're like, yeah, man, next year I'm going to, I'm going to sell this thing. I'm going to exit. I'm going to have $15 million and you know, X, I'm going to do all these things I said I was going to do. And then I know a lot of guys who have exited their companies and they're like, what the hell do I do now? My habit has always been grind, hustle, work, works always first. Now, all of a sudden you're at a certain age where change doesn't come as easily. It's just not, it's not that it doesn't, it's just. It, you have to work a little harder because you've ingrained these habits over time for so long that now all of a sudden what you thought 15 years ago would be easy today is 10 times harder. And so these guys are having trouble, one, slowing down, right? They're always busy. House Now there's those house projects. Now there's this project. Now I'm building that. I'm doing this. Hey, I'm going to start another business. I'm thinking about buying a business. Like just back into the cycle. So in your opinion, is this slow down first and then learn to put yourself first? Or is it learn to put yourself first and then you can slow down? That's a really great question, Ian. And I think um, a lot of times, especially for men, but for all humans, gender inclusive, all that type of stuff, I think, um, unfortunately, traumatic events or anything that could be depressive type symptoms, anything that happens in your life that lends you to starting to question is typically how we would start to slow down and look within. It's very hard for someone like you're describing where they free up their time and then it's like the next project. Like there's, it's, there's no real reason, if you will. Um, so I don't know which is first. And I think it probably it is the chicken or the egg. And I think it yeah. depends on every unique situation. Having said that, I would say, unfortunately, the common theme that we usually see, and I bet you, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, but it's usually through anything that causes turmoil in one's life. Yeah. Yeah. There's some kind of event that triggers some kind of pain or fear that's bigger than probably anything else you've dealt with. I mean, there are some guys I talk to that continue to deal with the same big pain events, big fear events that come up and, and 
you know, something then hits on top of it to trigger them to take action. So I would agree with that. I totally agree with that. There's got to be something that hits you hard enough, whether it's a financial scare, a divorce scare, a medical scare, you know, something, a business failure, something in there hits you that causes that awakening, so -hmm. to speak, or it causes the blinders to come off and for you to start seeing the world around you a little differently. And you're like, oh, damn, man. And I think what happens at that point is that regrets start to pile or they compound and then action needs to be taken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I like what you had to say about the blinders too. Yeah, yeah. So now we're putting ourselves first. You know, let, let's let's give the how because a couple of guys are going to be like, well, how do you do it? Yeah. What, what's your opinion on guys listening to this right now? And he's like, all right, man, you guys make sense. I know I need to slow down. I know I need to put myself first. What are some action items that the guy can take to just execute on this now? I think for men, a really easy thing would be to go into nature and, you know, whether you're someone who's a fisherman, a hunter, or you like to hike or any, you like to ride mountain bikes, like whatever it is, I would say physical activity could be a sport joining. I know that sounds counterintuitive, um, joining like a league. So maybe not something like that, but you know, if you used to play basketball when you were younger, I was doing this for a while and just riding my bike to the neighborhood park kind of like when no one else is there and then just shooting some hoops, doing my own thing. And it's a very, it's almost like meditative or I used to do triathlons before I was into this kind of work and running would really clear my mind and help me to slow down as would swimming. So if you're someone who like, you're feeling like meditation or journaling or breath work or yoga is not exactly where you're at right now, I think to keep it simple, go out in nature, slow down. It doesn't have to be physical activity or sport. It could be a hike. It could be just listening and in your backyard and just, uh, taking everything in. I saw a spiritual teacher named Adyashanti. Do you know who he is? He's amazing. He's so good. I saw him speak a few years ago. His name's Adyashanti. He's written a bunch of books and he's, he's really good. But anyways, he was talking about the lost art of porch gazing, where most of us, especially out here in the West, we don't make time to just for stillness and to look like we will make time for meditation if we're into this type of stuff to go within. But what about the external world? And what about creating time to just look and observe if there's hummingbirds there, or, you know, if you can hear the wind or the color of the plants you have, whatever it might be taking it all in. And I think that's a really accessible way for us to slow down. And I know I just said a bunch of different ways. So hopefully there's something there that resonates with you. If there's not, I definitely have a ton more resources in my book. Um, my course, I have some things as well. And a practical thing that I'm thinking about right now, as I'm just thinking this out loud is just doing a soul life evaluation. And I don't have everything in front of me, but typically with this, I have specific questions and I can send this to you, put in show notes. Um, but you would do an evaluation of how you're feeding your soul and an evaluation of your life and in yeah. what areas of your life are serving you, what areas aren't Some things like that are a good place to start. Yeah. And look, dude, the, the experience that I've had, we have breath work that my, my, uh, good friend, Sam Morris did for the MOP master. Sam Morris. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I asked Sam to, uh, to cut a breath work session for us specifically MOP derived, I guess, or, or based. So we did. So like in our mastermind in our discovering design mastermind, even in our VMP courses, uh, the first thing you're going to do is help yourself get into a certain state, right? You're going to put yourself in a certain environment that's conducive to your own growth. And then you're going to put your body into a certain state and then you're going to do the work You're not doing the work from a do it perspective. You're doing the work from a be it perspective. And so something that I think about is a lot of the guys have an issue with breath work because it's so confronting and it sounds so simple and it's not. And there's a, there's a slowdown aspect. There's a stillness aspect. There's a, there's all these things that are confronting to to some guys that are in their mid thirties, mid forties who have really never taken the time to slow down enough. I mean, I have guys that will say, I can't last more than 30 seconds. Like, wow. I just cannot stay in that breath work for more than 30 seconds. I, I I'm thinking of all this stuff that I got to do and I'm taking notes and I'm so 
I feel like there's a there's a part of this which is, you know, pushing outside of your comfort zone. One in terms of what you're comfortable with, and two, what you think others are going to judge you about. I remember doing a uh, a hot yoga class back in Baltimore with a friend of mine, James, many years ago, probably like 2005 or six. And I remember thinking the same thing. I mean, like, we're going to be the only guys there. Hmm. And he goes, uh, you single? And I said, yeah. He goes, so am I. You think that's a problem? And I was like, well, no, man. Are, are girls going to like a guy that does yoga? I mean, this was my thought process, my mindset right. way back when. And, and, I, and I thought to myself, it's, they're going to think I'm too feminine and they're not going to, they're not going to like me. You know, that was it. And so I, I challenge these guys to do something that pushes you outside of your comfort zone and also feeds your soul at the same time, because you're, I mean, it's kind of a double benefit. Mm-hmm. Just don't do it to do it. Don't do it to check it off, you know, check another box or check it off the list. Be in it and actually experience what you're meant to experience within it, you know, and, and actually get something from it so that, it now becomes a habit where you understand that this is you time, mm-hmm. like serious inner work time and for preparing you for inner work. Dude, one of the things that I like to do, it sounds so simple, is just swing. I, I, I get on my kids, my kids swings out back in my house. And I live on a, I live on a, a top of a mountain on, and, and there's a canyon that drops off of my backyard. And I just, I just, the motion Mm-hmm. just calms me man and i'm and i'm really not thinking about a lot it's that that like um what would you call it porch porch gazing it's gazing, yeah, I was yeah. Thinking it's very similar yeah it's very similar to that and i just like i watch the birds fly around you can see coyotes down in the canyon and it sounds so simple and i'm telling you it is one of the most powerful things that i have just to realign myself in a you know after this i've got a call 20 minutes later we're gonna wrap and i'm gonna go do some swinging for like 10 minutes and it will recenter me because i've got four more hours worth of stuff to do today and it'll recenter me and it sounds so simple and it's it really is and it's what works for me and you have to explore that you've got to be confident enough in yourself in who you are and if you're not then you know where to start the work you know what you need to do so i I like that yeah i've always come back to it it is so simple and as humans we tend to overcomplicate things and i would like to add as well what you were saying about the chasing discomfort um my buddy wrote a book recently uh what's called hunting discomfort he wrote Hmm. a book called hunting discomfort i could hook you up with him he'd be a great interview his name's sterling hawkins if anyone wants to check him out he's great at what he does but anyways I want to relate that back to soul life balance because that's exactly what this message is all about. Yes, there's, uh, I forget how you said it, but like doing the hard thing, that would be the life side of the equation. And to slow down, that would be the soul side to feed your soul. So yes, yes, it's not just about like going within. We also are humans now. So we need to live our lives. And I'm not saying like, we're always going to be that feminine energy. Like, yes, we need to tap into that masculine. I think a great way, a great modality that someone could try if they're feeling like their mind is racing in meditation or breath work or anything else is a cold plunge or an ice bath. I mean, actually literally going into do because a cold plunge, like in the ocean or whatever is one thing, but if you go to ice bath and you're sitting there in the ice bath and you're, you're just freezing in that 33 degree, uh, water. Yeah, or you whatever. can't move. Yeah. Like yeah. It's, it's just learning the art of surrender and slowing the thoughts down. So I think that could be a really powerful thing for someone to try if they haven't tried doing it and they struggle with meditation or just a racing mind, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's, it is absolutely possible to slow the mind. It's absolutely possible. And I find it to be absolutely necessary in my life and the guys that I coach and the people that I support, because think about how much mind share is being taken up by old programming stuff going on, on the outside, what people think about you and how much, how much power your brain actually has. If you didn't have any of that, taking up that energy and space, mm-hmm. you know, that's what I get curious about. So like the, the work I want to do, because it makes me curious as to what's possible when I can eliminate some of these things that no longer serve me. Mm-hmm. Super simple. You know what I mean? So on that same note, I, dude, I have so many, so many areas I want to take this into. And I'm just trying to think about, okay, stay on topic here. Don't ADD out on this one. Um, there's like 
on your one sheet. I really like how to overcome stress while simultaneously optimizing efficiencies. The other thing that I really, I've noticed in my life in the last couple of years is I've made conscious decisions to move people out of my life that just don't serve my life and I don't serve theirs anymore. Mm-hmm. And I heard this great quote from Tyler Perry. It was like, some people are meant to be here for a day, a month, a year, or a lifetime. You have to be at peace with whenever they're, the boosters are ready to peel off because the altitude that you've gotten to, they can't hang anymore, right? It's like rocket ship. What he's talking about is, look at the boosters on the side of a, ro- on the side of a space shuttle. They take it to a certain height and then they peel off. And the rocket ship doesn't go, oh, wait, I, I was with them at the beginning. Uh, let me go back. Let me not reach the heights that I'm capable of. Let me stay where the boosters are comfortable. And that's a tough thing to do. That's a tough thing to process. You got to let some people go. There might be some turmoil. There might be some you know, anger or whatever it might be. And there might be some hurt feelings because you really like this person. You just realize that they can't hang at the altitude that you're hanging at anymore. They just can't. And they're not willing to do the work. You know, somebody's coachable and willing to do the work. They're coming anyway. They're, they're right along with you. So how do you, the thing that you say in here is recreating yourself without burning bridges. And that's yeah. what it reminds me of. So I want to talk about that because that's been something very prevalent in my life. I don't, I taught myself not to get involved with it. If somebody makes a choice for their life that they don't want to push themselves as much as they can and reach their fullest potential, I'm okay with that. You don't have to hang where I'm hanging. You just have to push yourself to your fullest potential. And if yeah, that scares you, you can't hang with me. Yeah. And plenty of other people will kind of remove themselves because they'll just be like, not feeling what you're into anymore. But the two things that really come up for me are one soul contracts and two patience with relationships. So starting with soul contracts, for anyone listening, if you guys have seen Disney and Pixar's movie soul, then you'll know what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen that movie, go see it right away. It's an incredible film. But basically the idea is before we incarnate, we come in with contracts with other beings. So this is something that I believe in. You can take it or leave it. But the, in the movie Soul, they don't directly speak on soul contracts. You kind of have to like know about it. And then you can be like, oh, I see how that makes sense. Because in the movie, there's the main character, Joe Gardner, and I won't spoil it or anything else, but he's matched up with the Soul 22. And they have a contract. They don't explicitly say it in the movie, but they go into the 3D realm to go live out what they're supposed to be doing. So the idea is like our soul is playing in this other realm or dimension you could think of it as. And Ian and I clearly have a contract just based upon us connecting through this podcast. This is the first time we've actually connected. I'm definitely going to be going deeper. I can feel that and can tell. And it's not so much so that like looking at, oh, I went to the grocery store and I interacted with a cashier. So they're not NPC. They're not a non-playable character. They're here. I must have a contract for them. We're not looking at that minutely. We're looking at more as like our parents, our partners, people we do business with, the people that yeah. we stay connected with. And we're here to help each other and to grow. So to your point, that totally aligns with the Tyler Pay. Perry uh, saying or quote, because yeah, sometimes it's just the end of the contract and that's what you were meant to do. Now for me being a quote unquote recovering bro, when I first went down this path, I realized how much time I was spending with fantasy football. And I mean, I was listening to actually it was Sirius XM real-time radio uh, fantasy shows all throughout the day. I was getting all the push notifications, everything on my mind at that point was fantasy football because I had already put that like kind of drive and passion in my business and it was where it was at. So I had so much free time and everything went into football and I, I really didn't like it and I knew I didn't like it, but after doing sitting with ayahuasca, I realized it was time to make the change. And I kept getting these little whispers that, you know, it was time to leave the league and our league, everyone's, every guy's going to say this, that they have the most competitive league, but our league felt that way. We had a a high buy-in destination draft. Our WhatsApp uh, thread was going off every single day all day, even in the off season, we would put our alarms on for the middle of the night to do waivers, like all the things, like it was, it was ridiculous. Um, 
anyways, though, I end up doing this. Uh, it was either a new moon or a full moon ceremony. I saw it on the schedule at a yoga studio and kind of like what you're talking about, the hot yoga class, like are, are women going to be into a guy that does yoga? I was kind of thinking like, am I not a man if I go do this thing that sounds pretty women-y? Like, you know, like that type of thing. Yeah. I was like, I, I don't care. Like, you know, whatever. I'm just going to go. And it was amazing. And I could get into the moon cycles and everything else because that's actually really fascinating. But in this little like yoga, journaling, sharing circle, music type uh, workshop I went to, I just kept hearing a whisper to leave the league. And I was like, I don't know how, like, you know, the guys are going to hate me. They're going to disown me. And that's exactly what happened. I spoke my truth and I just said, I need to focus time on myself. And, you know, they started using all the vulgar names you could call, call someone. And at the time it was just my dog and myself. And a lot of the guys were married with kids um, saying like, you know, we do this with uh, our wives and our kids and we have our business and whatever else, like you can do it. You're just by yourself and you're not even spending any time in your business, all this type of stuff. And I'm like, just standing in my truth, taking it all. We went probably at least six months, maybe longer, not talking um, like with any of the guys. Mm -hmm. And I, I reconnected with most of them, the ones that I was closest with. And, you know, we talk, we have a different relationship now and they are starting to come to a point where now they're microdosing with psilocybin and they're starting to open up their minds. They're not quite like we're not quite on the same vibe or frequency, you know, it's kind of like what you said, I'm going a different path and Hey, that's totally cool. I've had the same thing happen with my parents who didn't understand me dancing from uh, ceremony to ceremony, mass and ceremony to ceremony. We're now like, they're able to be so proud to see like what's unfolded. Whereas before it was like, are you a drug act? You know, yeah. and this has um, come in a lot of different ways. So I think it's really important to be patient with the relationships, realize that we can't change someone. We can stand and speak and live in our truth. But as soon as we start to change someone, that's when it's going to start burn that bridge. So yeah. just giving them the space, realizing like they are doing their thing. I'm doing my thing and kind of just staying in that lane. Yeah. I, I want to really want to dive into plant medicine with you. And I, I, I want to get this, I want to get this first, you know, one of the biggest reasons why we exist the men on purpose movement, the organization, the, 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 everything, the curriculum at the base level is to help guys understand who they authentically are and why they are here on this planet, right? Purpose so that they can live these really, truly fulfilling, authentic and regret-free lives, which most guys are not authentic, right? They want to leave the league, but they're afraid their friends won't, they're afraid their friends won't talk to them. And their friends don't understand, just like yours and, and some of mine, they don't understand the, the deeper connection with self. They're like, well, dude, you got time. Why aren't you doing it? And, and to say, well, it doesn't serve me anymore is so yeah. abstract to a lot of people. Totally. They're like, whatever, man, that's foo-foo shit, well, whatever. Yeah. And then some of those guys, like you talk about, like adjusting to the world after you kind of wake up to something and go, oh my God, the blinders are removed. Now I see things differently. So what we're doing here is we're helping men understand who they truly are and empowering them to free themselves of those internal restrictions and constraints that they have allowed to stop them from living the life they're truly supposed to live, allowing money and success and power and all these different things in business or in, in their careers or their family to define them. So let's talk about purpose. Mm. It's, it's, it's a big thing because it's your life's purpose, yet at the same time, it's also not that big it's it's actually more about eliminating than it is about doing more stuff to try and find it yeah dude you uh it's interesting how how this line of questioning went because i actually had a plant medicine uh earth medicine with the toad bufal various 5meo dmt that was very profound around purpose and you know for a long time especially being in um on the spiritual path and being in Aubrey Marcus's uh, uh, mastermind fit for service surrounded by so many amazing humans that are doing soul development, the word purpose and Dharma and mission and all these different types of words that basically mean the same thing. 
keep coming up on whether it's a personal development path or soul development path. And I've always had so much resistance to it. And in a lot of ways, like after being named Silicon Valley's 40 under 40, building my business and all that type of stuff, it was like, this is what I want. I don't want to go down that path. I just want to know ultimate truth. You know, I just want to be connected to something bigger than this because I've gone this far on the journey and it was the goals I set out for. I could set bigger goals and keep going, but that doesn't feel right. Right. So when I kept hearing about purpose, mission, and Dharma, it was like, no, I did that thing. And even though I know that the way I did it wasn't necessarily my mission, purpose, or Dharma, it was just like the energy that went along with it felt very scattered. It felt very neurotic. It felt very um, external, like it wasn't mine. It felt very disconnected from self. And I was like, I don't want that anymore. So in this medicine ceremony, what came through was self-love. And basically if quantum physics, which it does, quantum physics teaches us that the external world we experience with our senses is a reflection of our inner world. Meaning that if we don't like the way we're in, our life is going, our relationships or whatever, instead of trying to, in the outer world, change that, maybe just maybe the answer is to go within, slow down, to soften, to check in what's going on on the inside, get your inner landscape in order in homeostasis, and from there, outwardly express. So to me, what really came down to was anyone's mission, purpose, or dharma is all about self-love. Anything more than that is contributing to the mess, because as a collective consciousness, if we can go within find self-love and reflect that outwardly. I know this is super woo for sure. Oh, it's cool. Um, Yeah. But that's kind of what came through. There's a little bit more to that, but that, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on purpose. I really think that of all the books and the stuff that I've studied about purpose, soul's purpose, earthbound purpose, that kind of thing. It really seems like the entire purpose of your life or the entire goal of your life is to find your purpose, align with it and live it. And then you're truly aligned and then your life becomes easier. That's why we have the, our purpose-driven formula is illuminate, eliminate, calibrate equals acceleration. You don't have to accelerate. your, Your natural alignment will accelerate you automatically. It just will. And I think, you know, I'll, I'll be 40 on Monday. And I think my whole life, like even though my daughter just turned seven, even thinking about her as a baby when she was born, I was 33. I, 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 did, I didn't understand anything about life. I understood making money and being married and, the, and the, the societal contracts that we have, not the soul contracts. And it's interesting because over the last seven years, I set out on a journey after my daughter was born to really understand who I am and why I'm here. And subsequently, I created a company around it. I created a a brand and a mission and a movement around it. Technically, I didn't create Mental Purpose, the brand. I bought it. I created what it is today. It was nothing before. And so once you align, I I really feel like 40 is is like being 10 years old. Like I finally see the world from a place that I've never seen it clearly and cleared out inside and like and free to just operate how I've never operated before aligned and not caring about exterior, not caring about material, not caring what people think. It's a, it's a really freeing place. And I feel fortunate enough to be able to have aligned with that mission and that, and that purpose of my life, which is really this it's, 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 it's men's work, right? Absolutely. And, and happy early birthday, by the way, as well. And uh, yeah. So what comes up for me with that is I forgot to talk about the second part of this, which basically I'm not saying that like purpose um, is all just a bunch of crock of shit. What I'm basically saying is you need to get yourself in alignment first, exactly how Ian did it. So rather than creating from a chaotic state and adding more chaos to the external world, we can hear in Ian's story that he just shared about how he went within, started doing the inner work. I call it self-love. You could call it inner work or whatever else. And then from there, coming from a clear place to be able to build men on purpose and really understand men 
men on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> and for a second, I got the words confused. I was like, I'm saying purpose too much, but yeah, yeah, yeah. From there you understand your purpose, mission, Dharma, all that for sure. Yeah. So when somebody removes the blinders, waking up, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. how are they actually, how do they reintegrate into this same life? It's like when you leave a really powerful seminar or weekend retreat or something, and you're like, whoa, 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 how am I going to do this? And then you go back home and it's the same environment, same people, you go to work, same people, same environment, same commute to work, same car, same clothes, yet you're technically something's changed. How do you make sure that the rubber band stays stretched and doesn't snap back as you reintegrate with all these similar things that just kind of, you, you could just blend back into, you know, how, how do you do that? Yeah, I think... Um whether if it's a transformational conference like uh, Tony Robbins or going through a program like Landmark, which I haven't gone through, through, but you mentioned it, a plant medicine ceremony or you know a really amazing retreat, whatever it might be, leaving time on the back end when you come back to integrate. And most people, what they do is they go back to their lives and how it normally is and just back into the pl- uh, the rat race and, and plug and play. And then you have some of these new insights, these new uh, downloads that come through, these new experiences, these new outlooks on life. And hopefully it'll raise you a little bit, but you're pretty much back to where you were. And then what it can do is start to make you chase that because now you're like, oh, I want that experience again. And you're looking outside of yourself. Whereas if you leave a day, two days or three days to properly integrate, which we'll get into, that's when you can start to make the shifts because now you're away from that environment and you're back in your home environment and you're starting to take actions on whatever it is that came through on how you want to change your life, whether it's like physical fitness or it's healthy eating or it's changing relationships or starting a new business, whatever the thing is, just creating that space. What does integration actually look like? Well, I would recommend to choose maybe one to three modalities and go from there. I have a whole list of them I could share, um, but just to, you know, we've talked about a lot of different things. It could be starting uh, going to the gym or somewhere like that, that has a hot uh, sauna and a cold bath or cold plunge, something like that, and integrating that into your life. It could be breath work, meditation, journaling, all those type of things could be getting into nature, but creating these new things that are going to help you integrate whatever it was. It's very different in my opinion, if it's like plant medicine, as opposed to like, you know, a conference or something like that. Um, But however, whatever it is, the aim of whatever you're doing is to create more space. It's to do less and be more and to listen more and just to soften. And if you go through something like that, you know what the things are for you. And the other thing that I want to mention on that, the reason why I said one of three things is most of the time in a situation like this, we try to do them all. We try to be like, all right, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to meditate. Then I'm going to do some breathing. Then I'm going to journal about my experience. Then I'm going to go to a yoga class. You know, it's like, what the hell are you? doing like you know most people that's not going to be practical that's great if you create the space to do that for a few days and kind of recreate that zone for yourself that's awesome but most likely for most of us it's not going to be sustainable over the next week two weeks month year and so on so i would recommend instead instead of like approaching doing the work as a to-do list, which would be in our masculine in the yang energy, soften in the yin energy and see what you're feeling called to in that moment. And just limit it to one to three things, you know, depending on how long it's going to take you. Like if you go on an epic hike, you're going to do one thing, right? Right. Like just starting to slow down and tap into that intuition. Guys, guys ask me all the time, what's your morning routine look like? And I'll say, well, whatever serves me best that morning. They're like, what do you mean? You don't have a routine? I say, my routine is trusting myself and honoring what serves me best. So if laying in bed and listening to an audio, that serves me best, I trust it. And if getting up and running five miles and working out at the gym hard or going for a hard swim or taking a hike or just going out and breathing the air for 30 minutes, I I know what to do because I've cleared enough out that I can actually, I actually know and trust myself. And I don't have to do seven things of my morning routine just to tell you that I did seven and you only do six, which makes me better than like craziness, absolute craziness. 
Um, yeah, dude, this has been, uh, it's been such a great conversation. I, I really appreciate your time and, and, uh, I'm not sure where that hour just went. So like, yeah, totally. Oh, I have so many more questions for you. What we're going to connect offline here and, um, and we're going to figure out how to maybe pair some of these, these, these cool missions and purposes up and, um, tell people where they can find the books, all the stuff that you're doing for the world. Absolutely. Thank you, Ian. Yeah, this conversation has been great. And I'd love to have you on my podcast. We'll talk yeah, about man. it. It's called Soul Seeker. And yeah, my website, samkabert.com, chose to keep it simple. Once you uh, go to the website, you'll see a lot of stuff uh, about speaking because that's kind of the career I've been building this past year. It's also got links to my podcast, my book, Soul Life balance the uh social media links and then there's a free download there too i forget what it is there might be two now because i think i just changed it but i do have one that's a like a glossary of terms which is yeah. really cool because i remember when i got into this work i was like man what is feeling called and like lean into and like all with love like what is all this stuff um so it's a little snippet from my book where in the book we have like i don't know 100 terms or something um yeah. in the uh the pdf download it's like 50 or something of the most common ones so that's pretty cool but you can find everything at samkabert.com love it man k-a-b-e-r-t yes sir I, that's a cool idea. I, I just wrote that down. Glossary of terms. That's that's a neat idea. I haven't heard that before. Just yeah. just to make sure that people are educated on the language that we're speaking in this in this type of world. That's so super cool, man. So thanks for being here, Sam. Appreciate it, man. And um, yeah, dude, we're gonna do some new stuff together. We're gonna do some really cool stuff together. Would love to. Thank you so much, Ian. And Absolutely. enjoy the swing. <laughs> thanks, man. Audience. Appreciate you listening. Go to mentalpurpose.net for anything you need having to do with this podcast. Learn about Sam, learn about Soul Seeker or go to soulseeker.com. Anything you need, it'll be in the show notes. And we love you. We appreciate you listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace.